nothing says pizza party like a few pepperoni pleasers. But when your internet glitched, you accidentally sent 20 meat lover calzones to your next door neighbor, the vegan yoga instructor. Yep, you want fiber, even if you don't know it yet. Stop using internet that always leaves you hungry for more. Order up CenturyLink Fiber. With ultra-fast speeds up to 940 megs, you get super reliable internet for virtually every device every time. Sign up now at CenturyLink.com. Speed may not be available in your area. Restrictions apply. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. It's an interactive call-in show where uh, you... You call in with the questions. We'll give you our top couple answers or the ones we know that are correct because we've been down that road so many times. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me is Kyle. And Kyle, we've been down that road so many times, haven't we? Yeah. Even and though they're always paving a new one. They're for always us. paving a new one for us. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's ones that uh, take us a while too because you haven't seen it or, you know, electronics are goofy and uh, they like to quit when they want to and come back alive when they want to. And it makes that difficult Speaking of that, to try to diagnose a car when things are intermittent. Yeah. You know, I know. And I'm sure everybody out there knows that, that they have had a minute intermittent with their mechanic. And it has an intermittent problem with their mechanic trying to figure out the problem, and uh, it just it's frustrating. But it's frustrating for you, and it's also it's frustrating for us because we want to get it fixed, get it going, move on to the next car. Sure. But you got one that's going on now? Uh, well, it's done now. It's done now. <laughs> now I can finalize my story. So. 2010 Dodge Journey. Uh-huh. You know this car. Well, you know oh, yeah, the I, car. I know of a car. I know of those cars, yes. So I spent a week on this thing yesterday afternoon, and <laughs> so here's, it came in with a battery drain, and the lights would just start flashing randomly sure. throughout the day. Sure. Lights would flash. That'd yeah, be it. so something's controlling it, but what? The TP, the totally integrated power module, the yeah. underhood fuse block. The tip them, yeah. Put one of those in, no lights flashing, nothing like that. Works great. Mm-hmm. Everything comes back, works right. fine. Got it initialized. Great. But there's something else going on. So you got problem number one so, fixed, I'm guessing. Yeah. So now randomly, the horn had just started honking. Mm. Not like an alarm honk. Centrifugal honking. Honk, 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 honk. Oh, really? Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> honk. Honk. Half a honk. And then it'd go away. Wouldn't do that for another couple hours. Then you get a beep. So Maybe some, two. Something's Maybe energizing three. the horn circuit. The horn switch. Oh, we never had this problem until we put a tip of module in it. So I'm wondering that somebody, I haven't looked at our old tip of module yet to finalize, but I think, I'm wondering if somebody didn't pull the horn fuse out of that thing. And now oh, I, yeah. Now I got this thing back in here. 
Yeah, and now you now you have a problem that didn't exist because uh, they canceled the problem prior to the repair. <sighs> yeah, it's you know a lot of times. Yeah, and I'm noticing more and more on a lot of car repairs. Uh, there are some things. Um, you want to know what the real kicker is? Hmm. So in diagnosing this thing, I printed off probably 30 wiring diagrams mm-hmm. from two years before, two years after, none of them. No matter which model, the SXT, the EX, the RT, the regular journey, none of them were this car. <laughs> well, Not a single one of them. Really? And how I figured out this horn thing, I found in our scan tool, started scanning modules and looking at the data stream until I found the horn trigger. Wow. And that was in a central gateway module, which any of these 30 pages didn't even show. Well, maybe it's a car that doesn't get work. Maybe it's a police journey. I hope police the police version. aren't driving this. I really, I wouldn't wish this on them. Well, you never, never know. Or the people following behind the chase. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a slow, a slow speed chase. All right, we're going to head over to Rick real quick. Uh, got a 2020 Kia Optima. Rick, what's going on today? Well, I've got a Kia Optima with uh, a, a new one, a 2020, mm-hmm. with 180,000 miles. Wow. And it makes it makes a creaking noise in front. I think I located it down to the bearing on top of the strut. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I replaced the bearing. I took the struts out, compressed the spring, replaced the bearing, with uh, a, a Chinese part, and that that fixed it for a few thousand. The the original bearings lasted for over a hundred thousand miles. Mm-hmm. So recently, I bought genuine Kia bearings and re- replaced them. The first, I replaced the left one. The noise got a lot less. I replaced the right one. The noise diminished. So my question is. Uh, oh, 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 and this creaking noise is temperature sensitive. has to be over 80 degrees before it starts making noise. Have you ever heard of strut bearings making noise? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of it a lot, but temperature sensitive, no. No, not not usually. I mean, when you when you say, cre- and it sounds like a creaking noise, I mean, it's eater, eater kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, okay. it sounds like an old car that is all worn out. Boy, I usually I'm almost going towards creep. ball joints. Yeah, I almost I want go- to pack grease and everything down there that moves. When you specifically say a creaking, that usually heads me straight towards a ball joint or a tie rod end every time. Um, now it can be the upper control, not control arms, but well, it could be upper control arms. But that car doesn't have it. It could be upper uh, strut bushings. Strut bushings, but they really. They do a lot of up and down holding things, but most of the time they're side to side turning. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a lot of creaking from them. Um, that's And you can't lube those lower ball joints or upper ball joints. Um, so what we normally do, and these can be very wow. deceiving, is we will get somebody that lays on the ground and, and grabs their hand on every particular joint and, and have somebody bounce the car up and down until such time as we can actually feel that creaking in our hand. And that's how we know that it's in that specific spot uh, because all that creaking noise transfers through all the metal and it, so, yeah, it'll it make it think it's a it's, microphone. It's a microphone. Yeah, it, it makes you – it could be six or 
inches to a foot away from what actually is making noise. So yeah, that's that's it, what I found. It's hard to localize it. It is. You need two people. You need to be. You have two people to to accurately get down to the absolute part that's causing the problem. Um, have we seen that happen? But if you've replaced those parts and you've done everything the way it's supposed to be and your creaking noise is still there, do you know if, if it's right or left? Can't, can't tell, but it, it, it got less when I replaced the, much less when I replaced the left bearing. Yeah, but that's, that's because... Oh, you're getting in there, you're moving stuff around. Yep, exactly. You're jacking I mean, the car up, you're, you're, the wheel's dropping down, all that stuff. You're positioning that grease in there, and Kyle's exactly right. Now, all of a sudden, it's back to being dry again, and there's your problem. So, okay. that's what I... Before you replace any other parts, when that creaking noise comes back around, let's, let's start by re-diagnosing where the problem is at, and then move forward from there that's that's how i would handle and the other it. thing um you can go to a parts store and they'll have like if you have a grease gun they have like a hypodermic needle looking thing that you mm-hmm. can stab into these boots and pump them as full as you can with grease and do one at a time drive it wait a week if you want wait a week because it's going to take a while to, to yeah, get in it there goes away you know you found the one but that's a diagnostic tool. That's not a fix. Yeah, that's not a fix. That's a diagnostic tool because you're going to poke a hole in that one boot. You'll shed the, all your grease. Yeah, you'll shed all the grease out of there, and we, you're going to end up replacing the part, but it's only a diagnostic tool, not a fix. Okay, thanks a lot. You bet. Yeah, <sighs> creaking noises in the front end drive you nuts because it's... Oh, uh, I drive a Ford Falcon. You don't got to tell me that. <laughs> All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. Be back in a minute. This goes out to my mechanic, Steve. I've got you under my engine. I've got you fixing my car again. So deep in my car that you're really a part of it. I've got you under my engine. I tried to fix it myself. I would say to my wife, back off, I know what I'm doing here. But now I can't take any more of that nagging in my ears. It won't stop. So now I've got you under my engine. I sacrificed everything in our savings for the sake of doing it myself. In spite of that nagging voice that would come from my wife telling me to go to hell. Don't you know, mechanic, you always win. It's an actuality. Yes, sir, you have the finality. So each time I pop the hood, I think of you and I stop just before I begin. Cause I've got you. Yes, I've got you. Uh, for a hefty price under my engine. Actually, it's not too bad. Yeah. The mis- 
Mr. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the number to get in. We're going to shoot right back into the calls of people waiting. Jesse's got an 03 F-150. Jesse, what's going on today? Morning. Morning. Hey, I've got an F-150 Ford, and I've got, believe it or not, an intermediate problem. Well, mostly <laughs> it's out. Um, got a turn signal, rear turn signal uh, brake light that is dead. Now, I have gone through and... I have no power coming back there at all. Um, the so it's not the bulb, not the fuse, and believe it or not, when I get some good rain, uh, I actually get regular turn signals and regular brake lights. Now, is there a connection point um, just forward of that brake light that I should be looking for? That would be the answer where it's not completely plugged in and where approximately there where it'd be where I should start crawling because I've looked online for like different uh wiring grams and they are just confusing. Yeah. You bet they are. You bet so they you are. said the right turn signal isn't working? Uh actually the left turn signal. It's, left. I'm sorry, left turn signal, driver's side. Okay. And the right side's left doing rear. doing fine. Is this a standard cab, extended cab? Um, this is the extended cab, um, so it's like a three-door. Okay. Uh, it's a flare side, if you want, uh, is the bed, which is a step side, whichever you want to call it, depending on what decade you're in. Okay, so I'm looking at a wiring diagram right now, Jesse, and you got like an O3 F-150. Is it an XLT or something yeah. with a 5.4, something like that? It's a pretty simple circuit. It looks like you got a light green wire with a white tracer that goes back to your turn signal switch, but it does have a junction. And I, and I, you know, I do remember Kyle. We had one like this many years ago that it seems like it went underneath the passenger, or excuse me, the back two seats. Mm-hmm. The you know your jump seat is back there. Um, it would okay. it would go through there, and because you said it got better when it rained, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. So the so the, so the, so so the connection is underneath the body. So the water and the hum, humidity is coming. So it has to. So your left front turn signal works fine. Oh yeah. It, when when it have, goes out, I turn. It goes double speed. Do you have turn signals in your mirror? No, no, I do not. Okay, so we can eliminate that circuit. So you've got, if your left turn signal is working, everything to the junction point is good. That's the breakout for where it splits. Into Um, into three different things. So go to the back, to your left turn signal, find your light green and white wire. You're going to follow that up to that connection. Yeah. I'm going to guess that there's corrosion there. Yep, there's corrosion there, and the water, the humidity is what's creating mm-hmm. that that connection to make it go through. And I just remember that, I don't know why, I don't know, I guess we fought one one time, and it was underneath the, uh, or it was along the sill, like the... Sill plate, drip the, rail? The drip, yeah, drip rail, sill plate, where water would be the getting gutter. down into the gutter. <laughs> there you go. And I would, I would pull everything up on that left-hand side and follow that right down inside there. And if it goes up underneath the carpet, great. If not, follow it through there. 
because it's got to go down out of the cab yeah. into some point and head back. So that's where you're looking for. I think it's inside. Okay. I think it's inside on that sill plate. I'm almost guessing. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Okay. At least I know. Uh, so at least I have an idea of where to start. I is, is you're still thinking I got to start from the very, very back and work forward. There's no nothing yeah. with the corrosion because it's corrosion as opposed to that uh, point that box is inside the cab, as opposed to underneath the underneath. Okay. That's where it's yeah. Correct. All right. All right. If you need some more help, give us a call. All right, we're going to head over to Mike. Mike's got a 98 uh, GMC Yukon. Mike, what's going on today? Good morning. Morning. I've, yep, the Yukon will, but after a rain, the rain seems to be the trigger. Since it doesn't rain anymore, I guess it's fine. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a different story. <laughs> um, okay, so during or right after a rain, we'll get in, start it up, starts up great, runs great. Go to the store, do our stuff come back out to the vehicle, it won't start. It'll fire, but it won't start. Let yeah. it, it doesn't matter how many times you try, it won't, won't start. You, come back six hours later, eight hours later, we'll start right up. You say fire, but won't start. What, is, what, is, what does fire mean? It'll Just, turn over once or twice and then shut off. It's like an anti-theft. Uh, it'll start and die. Start and die. That's what yes. you're okay. Start, yes. start runs and yes. dies. Start runs and dies. Okay. All right. Yes. 98. Uh, Any theft light on the dash? No lights. No lights. Mm. No, no, no. Only when it rains. Yeah, rain seems to be the trigger. Boy, you, you, it, it certainly sounds like you're um, got a theft deterrent problem going on, Kyle. It really does. But... It, it, I guess the first thing I would try to do is try to duplicate it. I would take a spray bottle and spray back on the, when it's nice and dry, like, well, I don't know, it's humid out today right now, so it's kind of difficult, but I guess you could still do it. Take a spray bottle, spray back there on that ignition coil, wires, and plugs, or not the plugs, but the distributor cap and everything back there, mm-hmm. and see if you can duplicate the problem not right now when you know it's not raining. And it, mm-hmm. if, if all of a sudden it doesn't that coil wire on that they got that thing kind of snaked around yep. kind of weird and a it, lot of times they'll rub through and you'll yep it's, and water's going to make that very apparent yep yeah and that's why you're going with a spray bottle you know don't use anything that's uh, use just water don't use anything that would have any chemical that if a mm-hmm. spark got don't it use it would go clean you go boof yeah <laughs> you 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 want a flash fire so I would just spray it down with normal water back there and see if you can duplicate the problem if you duplicate the problem. Um, boy, you know that you need a, a distributor cap, you know, tune-up time, tune-up time, stripper cap, rotor wires and everything else. And you've solved your problem. Uh, okay. but at least that's a first step forward to try to figure yeah, that with out. No lights and no codes. We can pretty much rule out anti-theft system. Yeah. And now spark is going to take the easiest path to ground. It does not care. Mm-mm. Um, and if that's hum- you got humidity in the air, I'm proof got- of that because I've been the ground. <laughs> I've been the ground too. <laughs> Why well, it goes right straight through you. Um, so it even just a little tear that you can't see visually at all. It, water it, will find it. Water will find it. Yes, we we okay. do. We we used to do this all the time when when we had distributor cap rotor and wires were very prevalent and it'd be a misfire and we couldn't find it we'd come over and we'd spray the distributor cap and rotor next thing you know they'd go and it would die all right 
We knew what our problem was. We'd dry it all off. Everything would come back to beautiful again. Boom. Distributor cap, rotor, and wires. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you're going. I think that's your first step anyway. Yeah, do the water thing. Okay. It's a yep. great place to start. If okay, so, and, great. And, and if so, and if that is the problem, uh, get good stuff. Don't don't get the cheapest stuff that they recommend. Get good stuff because you get what you pay mm-hmm. for. Right, right, sure. All right, Mike, let us know if you got any more problems. Okay, thank you. You bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Hang on. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. You can in service centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We were fixed brakes right the first time. Stop in, see us. We're on Dodge. We'll help you get your car going. Janet's been patiently waiting. Janet, you got a 13 Kia Soul. What's going on today? Hi. Well, thank you for taking my call. The reason I'm calling is because, well, I live in Fremont, so it's just a short distance, and I'm retired mm-hmm. to anywhere I need to go. And the other day I looked down, and I must have bumped a button, and it said ECL on my dash. The red light came up. And so when I parked, I looked it up in my owner's manual, which is still on my dash, and it says economy. Well, um, I also noticed that there's a another second gear down from drive, um, and I thought, I wonder, should I be driving in economy when I'm local? And if I get, because I go down to Omaha several times a month, maybe three or four, and um, should I be in the a second gear down? No, you're you're so. Does that does that car have paddle shifters or anything like that? Have what paddle shifters on around Can the you steering? Shift it from the steering column. Steering column. <laughs> Got the steering wheel or the column with the yeah um, yeah the regular one. So just put it in a regular drive. Uh, the 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 other going down one far as going into two that'll help you in the winter time when it's slick outside and you don't want to start off in second uh, first gear you want to kind of start off in second and that second helps you kind of get the wheels not spinning so quickly and kind of helps you get out of the snow a little bit that's kind of what that's been for why it's there um eco eco is that what it's called yeah eco mode eco mode yeah okay so on the eco mode part of it there's a button you can push and yeah, turn per- it off, but yeah. it isn't going to affect anything one way or the other. Yeah, not, not so much in, in town probably, um, but you get out on the highway, we use it. I, you know, I've got a Hyundai that has a, the same thing. It's got an eco mode in it, and it gets you a little better gas mileage if you're driving down the road. Is it going to be dramatically different? No, but it kind of puts it into eco mode, changes the the RPM of the of the engine a little bit, maybe shifting points a little longer, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that that's that's roughly okay. what it does but it's just getting you a little better gas mileage is kind of what it's doing okay can i ask you one more quick question absolutely my dashboard lights that has the mileage the miles per gallon yada yada um they were in red mm-hmm. and sometimes when you see your citizens it's hard to see i wish it lit up in green like regular cars do is there a way to change the color of the um, the mileage, the miles per gallon, the 
that type of thing, or is it just stuck in red? That's going to be about it. I think it's going to be stuck in red. There Those are, are LED. Yeah, or... there are certain cars that you can kind of change that, but you can't change it much. And I think that was just kind of the the new. I kind of agree. Red, red can be kind of tough to see sometimes, and they kind of went away from white, and and red was just kind yeah. of the the cool thing to do. Um, oh yeah. But now I got the button down there where it'll it'll do purple, blue, pink. You know, on the sides of the doors right right you know i don't on that older car um 10 years old it it might be the thing that i would probably do is look in your uh, owner's manual and kind of look towards the uh, instrument cluster portion and if it's possible for it to happen it'll probably tell you in there and there's maybe a series of uh steps that you have to do it i don't think so but it it, it doesn't you can do a little bit of light reading it'll probably tell you but you know, I only got sixty-one thousand miles on it, and I just love it. Yeah, they're great. Little, <laughs> they're great little cars. You know, they 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 yeah. just go and go and go. And you know, we we have a few of them that we service that, boy, up into the two hundred plus thousand mile range. So yeah, they're great little cars. Yeah. Well, thank you for your help. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right, we're gonna head over to uh, Orby. He's got a two thousand seventeen Chevy Traverse. Hello. Hello. Quick question. My, my wife's car, it won't unlock. You push the button on the remote, and the, the driver's door won't unlock. You push it twice, and the, both doors unlock, like it's like, or the door, uh, passenger side unlocks. You put it in gear, and it pulls deck down, you know, it locks, but you take it out of gear or put it in neutral or park, it's supposed to unlock. It don't. The switches, you know, it, it'll lock, but it won't unlock. The I'm just curious, what is wrong? And this is most is this all all the doors or mostly on the driver's no, door? No, just the driver's door. Hmm. I'm going to check power and ground to that lock actuator, mm-hmm. and I'm going to look at the wire harness between the door and the body. Yep, that's so, where I'm going to start. All the wires, yeah, the, all the wires that comes out and feeds that everything inside that door has to come through that door jam. So it, does it does it go through the switch? Yeah. The yep. reason I bring that up is yep. because I left the windows down once a little bit of rain. Yep, it does. So the door lock actuator is built into the the door latch, and I I think probably where you're going is is a new door latch is kind of where I think you're heading. But uh, but traverse uh, they have well, I've fixed a few wires in these, but yep. yeah, definitely take a look at that first before yep. we. Before you go deep there, I think you're going to want to do what Kyle mentioned, and that's look in the door jam. There's that rubber piece in there. Uh, those those traverses also, if, and I remember this, so there is a plug-in also. Um, oh, there's a plug-in right on the A-pillar the down towards the bottom, and if, if you pull that harness out of there, there's times that, that that's corroded with water in there. I, I found that more than a few times on both sides of the door because we had, uh, I think it was an Arcadia, which is along the same lines as that Traverse, mm-hmm. that, that was corroded inside there. So, yes, uh, that, that's where I want you to start first. Is, uh, the A-pillar, that's the one up front. Yep, yep. next to the windshield. That A-pillar is going to go down, and it's going to go all the way to down by your feet. So there is a connector that all those wires go to that plug into the 
in, that come off of the door and plug into the body, I want you to pull that connector off first. My guess is, is that, that is it just unplugged right there. Yeah, the, or does he have to get inside of something? Uh, you may have to get that kick panel off, but generally they just plug in right yeah, at the I think they, pillar. I think they plug in right there. On, I think it's coming the outside, if I remember correctly. And look in there and see if you've got some corrosion. My guess you're going to have some water in there. Uh, hopefully you don't have much corrosion there. If, if you can, you know, cleaning them out can kind of be a pain. But mm-hmm. that's that's where I think I want you to start first because that's I've seen that more than a few times. Another another quick question: If I needed a new door latch, would you go with OEM or would you go with aftermarket like Dorman? Uh, most of the time, we've gone with the General Motors. General Motors. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of difference in price. I was just curious. Well, if if there's not a lot of difference in price, always go for that because how many times you want to do it? Depends on how easy it is. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah. So do it, do it once. If there's Alrighty, a, sir. There's a huge disparaging. I'll give it a try. Yeah, if there's a huge disparaging price between the two, then you got a then you got a you know a dilemma. Oh, just the availability. I can get the I can get General Motors from Rock Auto, but I you know the the local parts stores only got Dorman. Yeah, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Dorman. It's just that uh, I'd hardly have any failures with OEM. Hardly ever. We are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. All right. We're Buchanan Service Centers, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in and see us. We'll help you get your car rolling on back again. We're going to head over to Jason. Jason's got a Ford Raptor. Jason, what's going on? You guys have helped me out a bunch before, so I appreciate it. I've got a 2015 Ford Raptor, as you said, with a... um, Heating and air blender door issue from everything I can gather. Uh, when I turn off my vehicle or when it's running, you have uh, hot and cold, and there's an automatic blender door in there, and it sounds like there's a little garden gnome in my dash, and it'll knock uh, you know, 10 or 12, 15 consecutive times, even when I turn off my truck, even when I'm not in it, even when it's locked, and it never stops. Is there any way to like deactivate that blender door actuator or pull a fuse or something? Unplug so it. I can... Unplug it. My guess Unplug so, it. So does your does your uh, your mode door work? Uh, defrost vent and floor. Does that it work? It does, but there, I, I, as everybody's telling me it's a blender door. Well, so I don't know okay, if so there's a lot of them. To go off by itself. Well, so what I'm trying to determine is which one is actually making the noise. But if if you're saying blend, so does the temperature go back and forth? Okay. It does. Okay, and it and it goes from defrost vent and floor. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So look at the research door. Yeah, the recirculation door is your problem. So right okay. behind the glove box. How can I? What was it? Right behind what? The glove box. Yeah. Okay. Find and it. I can just pull the fuse to un- or pull the plug and unplug it. Yeah. Oh man, you guys are lifesavers. Or just find a hammer. One of the two. I, I don't, you know, I'm about to because I don't know what I'm going to do once that noise <laughs> stops making noise in there. It's like a parrot; you just forget about it after a few years. Well, that's that's <laughs> to, that's to tell you that the car shut off. That's F-150's way to shut tell you the car shut off. All that stuff yeah, starts making noise. Yeah, remember all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's in oh, behind the goodness. glove box. It's the, the recirculation door is what it is. It brings from fresh air to to, to recirculation air from the inside. So, yeah, it's just bad. All right, well, I appreciate it because for a while I couldn't even figure out. It just sounds like a little gnome in there knocking away. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a well, plastic it. Yep, it's plastic gears that are stripped out. So, All right. Thank you so much. You bet. 
All right, we're going to head over to uh, Charles. Charles has got a 15 Subaru leg- Legacy. Charles, what's going on today? Well, um, when I first start the thing up in the morning, uh, it sounds like the pistons are changing holes. <laughs> and then, and then uh, it's only for a second or two, you know. Well, then when I put it in reverse to back out, you know, it quiets down. But uh, other than that, I have no problems with it. I mean, I've been driving, you know, five, ten thousand miles here. I have no problem with the, with the running, but it's just when I start first started up, it's, it's uh, chatters like the devil, you know. Sounds like a heat shield. Yep. Well, I guess a couple of things come to mind. Heat shield's one, and it's a uh, heat shield around the exhaust and catalytic converter will make all sorts of noises. Um, kind of a, like, like kind of a seal? Yeah, well, kind of. The only other thing that comes up to mind, too, is that the uh, the lifter's not pumping up, and, it, and they're all drying down. You know, everything goes dry until the oil gets pumped up and, and making noise. But I, I kind of agree with Kyle first. It's... Uh, they're very common for making those noises, and they'll make a lot of rattling noises when they're cold. Mm-hmm. So, do do you think well, it's do you think it's a heat shield, or does it sound like a heat shield? Does it sound like the a some, piece of tin, something or, like a lightweight kind of metal getting well, hit? Actually, actually, I was thinking lifters. Okay. Well, but um, if it if it's uh, all the oil drains back over out of every engine that shuts off over a period, you know, overnight. And if those lifters are one or two or a bunch are just draining completely down and then they fill back up once the oil pressure hits them, you know, in the first couple seconds to 10 seconds, that's, that's your other possibility. What's the solution, maybe? Uh, we're going to pull the engine down and, and take a look and, and uh, probably, re- depending on the noise, maybe replace all the lifters. Could you, or a valve adjustment. Or a valve adjustment, yeah. That have just a valve adjustment or got pucks on it? It's got a valve adjustment. Okay. So, yeah, your valve adjustment would be the – Kyle's a Subaru guy, so uh, he says valve adjustment. Generally, those keep okay. ticking, though. Yeah, if it's loose, it will uh, – you're right, it keeps ticking for a while because the valve adjustment's out enough that mm. warming it up's not going to make a make Unless a difference. Unless it's exhaust side. Well, yeah. well what, what, what makes it kind of funny is, well, it's sitting there it's chattering away, you know. And uh, it starts off real loud, you know, the, the chatter gets down a little bit. But as soon as I put it in reverse, it quiets it down. Yeah, well, that's about the time. But by the time you put it in reverse is about the time that it's it's done pumping everything up. Yeah. That's about what it is. I got a car that does that. That uh, it's, it's always loud first thing in the morning. And in about time I put it in reverse, it's already got all the oil to where it needs to be, and it goes away. Yeah, well, other than that, that's the only problem I've got is a heck of a car otherwise. That's yeah. Only 34, 34 miles per gallon, all-wheel drive. Yeah, well, you can't beat that, uh, can you? No, you can't. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the reason I want to keep the car, but it, it just it's just irritating when you start it up in the morning. You're not sure if it's going to hold together or not. Well, it's going to need some engine work. It's going to need some cylinder head, either valve adjustments or or a little deeper into that, depending on how deep you got to go. So, right. Okay. Right. Well, I thank you for your help. Appreciate the call, Charles. All right, we're going to head over to Don. Don's got an '09 F one fifty. Don, what's going on today? Wanting to find ways to get better mileage. Right now, I'm at ten point nine average miles per gallon. Want to get some suggestions to get better mileage. 
<laughs> I, think, I think you're getting close to topping out. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> plugs would plugs would be one, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. yeah. You're not going to get much better than around town with that truck. I would say probably ten to twelve is going to be your top as it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish I had better news, but I yeah, all the all the aftermarket stuff that you buy in the world ain't going to go any. Ain't going to make it any better. So. I'm actually doing good considering that. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks Don. Appreciate the call. All right. Another quick hour, Kyle. That didn't take very long. A full bank of calls. 558 1110s of numbers to get in early next week so we can get to your question. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.